Well, good morning, church. It is wonderful to be together. Uh, it is great to see all of you. It is great to, well, I can't see you who are live stream, but it's great for that you are here watching with video delay. Uh, we are continuing in our study in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to read the passage real quickly. First, I want to say hello and welcome back Gus Mackey from your incredible experiences. We are grateful to have you here, my dear friend. So it's really awesome. Um, well, let's do this. Um, I am going to read the passage. We're in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. Uh, if you've got a Bible or your cell phone, whatever, let us read this passage together. And then we will get into the word. Hebrews 5, 1 through 10. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also, Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And as he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God, a priest after the order of of Melchizedek. Now, my hope this morning is that we will leave here this morning. Now, I want you to hear how I'm going to use these words more confident in the Christ of the cross than just the cross of Christ. Because for many of us, the cross of the Christ just becomes a, a symbol of our faith. But for us to think this morning of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one with eyes and ears and nose and mouth and flesh. The flesh that will be, the glorified flesh that will be in heaven. The only one marked with a scar. You understand that? We will have new bodies. We will be fully glorified. I think perfect, whatever that means, which we don't even know. But Jesus will maintain the scars in his hand. Did I have to stop already? Oh, It will maintain the scars in his hand, in his feet. And so this morning, my hope is that God will give us the gift of faith to have our faith renewed and the refreshing of understanding this most essential, most amazing work of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. Because we need no other argument. We need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for you. And he died for me. Let's pray. Father, 
Where would we be without Jesus? I'm grateful that I don't need to know that. So, Lord, we come this morning and we pray for the gift of faith. We ask you, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. We will not hear. We cannot hear, but you give us ears to hear. And since, Lord, if we are in Christ, you have given us ears, eyes, heart, open to us our understanding this morning to fully receive from you this liberating work of your son for us forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, Hebrews is the most Jewish of the New Testament books. It helps to have a background or an understanding, at least, in Judaism. We, hear, we see here that Jesus is superior. And again, try to make yourself, this is impossible, but if you come from the Jewish background, Moses is so revered. Angels are so revered. Prophets are so revered. The high priest was so revered. But Jesus is said by the writer of Hebrews to be greater than Moses, greater than the prophets, greater than angels, and greater than the high priest. He's superior, but he is not aloof. You know, when you look at the many religions of the world, you see gods, multiplicities of gods, Greek gods, Roman gods, Far East gods, Near East gods, whatever gods, but they are not like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are not the God of Genesis who digs into the ground and, if you will, get his, gets his fingernails dirty. This God comes near. This creator God participates in his creation. He does not stand aloof from it. He does not just bark orders. He enters into his own creation. And he makes us his image bearers. So this morning as we, we see this, this is the God who has come so very near. Never aloof. Desires us to know him deeply. Now, as we talk about priests, now many of us grew up obviously in a, in a Catholic tradition in the city. I think 85% of us grew up Catholic. And so what did I know of priests? You know what I knew of priests. Very little. But, so you, you, you come in with this traditional Christian Gentile mindset of, of a priest, and then you add to that not just priests, but high priests. And when I think of a so if you're asking me in those days, what is a high priest? I'm thinking, I have no idea. I mean, he, he was the one that had too much communion wine, I guess. He was the high priest. He, um, okay, just, thank you. But, so, I mean, really, I mean, you think about that. If you don't have any context to Hebrews, I mean, there's that high priest. That guy always high. But that's not what this is talking about. This is, this is a different priest. But the purpose of the priest was live, as it says in Exodus 29 and 30, 20 times in 84 verses, it says that the priest lived to the Lord, for the Lord, and before the Lord. 
It was his job to represent God to the people and the people to God. I wrote here, it's what he did all the time. He stood before God for the sake of men and he stood before men for the glory of God. And so who is this high priest? We basically had a, had a lot of priestly duties as well, but he kind of was the manager. He, he was responsible for all things. And even more, the one thing he did on this day, Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the day of at one meant, he was to present in the Holy of Holies, not just the blood for the people, which was so important. He had to first present his own blood so that hopefully he would be received and the offering for the people would be received and it would forgive the sins or cover over, I should say, the sins of Israel for the past year. And it says in Hebrews 5, 1, 2, I'll read this to you again. The high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward. Why? Since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins. Just as he does for the other people. This high priest was as much a sinner as anyone else in Israel. But he was appointed by God to do this very thing. The only difference between the high priest and the people was God's calling. He had nothing to boast about, but he had much to fear about. A role of responsibility, total responsibility for all of Israel's sins was placed on the quote unquote perfect, which was not work of one man. You know, I started thinking. You know, over the years of sacrifices, how many sacrifices must there have been? How much blood was, so how many gallons upon gallons and gallons of blood had to be spilled? Now, I, when I did some research on this, I mean, it was all over the place, just the that, well, it was this much. No, 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 no. It was this much. It was this much. So I just thought I'd, you know, I just, I wouldn't be like a politician this morning. I would understate this tremendously. So some say there's a million of 6,000 per year. Some say there's a minimum of 600 a day. So I just went with 400 years. 400 years is about a thousand years too short, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Approximately 400 years of 6,000 years. That would be Levitical sacrifices, a minimum, pardon me, approximately 400 a year would be 6,000 a year. I'm, I'm screwing this up right now, forgive me. Approximately 400 of 6,000 per year, Levitical sacrifices would be a minimum of 2.4 million sacrifices of bulls, goats, sheep, and dove. If 600 a day around 74 million sacrifices until the temple's torn down. But if it's not 400 years, but around 1,300 years, which is probably more like it, it is 7.8 million if 6,000 a year, or 280 million if 600 a day. Can you imagine the blood? That is an amazing 
amazing thing. And not one of those sacrifices ever fully dealt away with the sins of Israel. Not one of them. You got a better chance playing the lottery than one of those sacrifices covering forever the sins of Israel. Because as Hebrews 10.4 says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Then why all the fuss about this? Year after year after year after day after day after day after month after month after month, bloody, bloody mess. Because God is driving home a point. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He is driving it home day after day after week after week after month after month after year after year after decade after century. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. You do understand this, Israel. But just like anything else, it can become, oh well. But Jesus, our great high priest, is the one that comes to annihilate all of our sins. Hebrews 5, so also Christ, he did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you, you, and, and he, pardon me, and as he says also in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the, Mel, the order of Melchizedek, as much as I would love to talk to you about Melchizedek this morning, I am going to show great restraint and not do that, but wow, what a study that is. Jesus, as the high priest was appointed for the multitude of sins and the years in which he would serve, Jesus is appointed by God one time to obliterate sins. Jesus said in 848, we have it recorded. Jesus said, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. Jesus was appointed by the father to do this. And this makes sense because remember Jesus would say, I don't say anything unless dad says it to me. I don't do anything unless dad tells me to do it. This is who he was. He was in total submission to his father. As a great high priest, he learned obedience through all the things which he did, even suffering. He found it more important and essential to obey his father than anything else. I wrote here, Jesus had to become a man to obliterate the sins of man. And this God man came near to us to do so. Should be a semicolon. Nearer and more necessary than we fully understand. But I'm praying that this morning we will fully, much more fully, understand this essential, necessary, completed work of our great high priest Hebrews 9:11 but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come then through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands that is not of this creation he entered once for all circle that into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves but by means of his own blood thus securing an eternal redemption, not an annual redemption, an eternal redemption 
For if the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of just the flesh, this should be big. How much more, that would be forever, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, how much will that purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How much more, more that will that mean that we don't trust in anything in our standing before God but the blood of Jesus Christ, the completed work of our great high priest? Verse 15, therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the, first, from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Again, to get into the Jewish mind here, you're saying, wait, one time has done this all? The, this is not necessary anymore to make sacrifices for my sins, to present bulls and goats and sheep and dove? You're telling me, again, to the Jewish mindset, you're saying there are no more sacrifices? In Hebrews 10, when we get there, sometime in 2025, um, which will be worth it. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. What does that mean? You bring everything you want to the door in terms of sacrifice. They don't count. Because the one that does count. The one that means everything. Has been applied to everyone who has faith in Christ. And by one sacrifice... He has perfected forever those whom he is sanctifying. And it do, the news doesn't get any better than that. Blood is a big deal because sin is a big deal. And the holiness of God is the biggest deal. I pulled a quote from Alpha. I had to do that. But John Stott Third week of Alpha. <laughs> he says, the reason why many people give the wrong answers to questions about the cross and even ask the wrong questions is that they have carefully considered neither the seriousness of sin nor the majesty of God. You hear that? The problem, we, the reason most going into a church building today with a cross in the back, maybe with a crucified image of the Savior, will be there and not understand it because they do not understand. Just like I did not understand, I did not understand the seriousness of my sin. Nor did I understand the majesty. Boy, I wish I could say that word. The majesty, the holiness of God. When we see the depths of our sin contrasted to the holiness of God, then we cry out for a savior. And we realize you are not that savior. Your religion is not that savior. But what does every religion of the world do? It insists on something, some rules, some laws, some things that we have to do 
to try to earn our way back up into the good graces of God. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats. It's impossible for the amount of praying or Bible reading or trying to be better or going to church. Those things do not ever give us a place before God. There is but one thing, church, that gives us full, total access to the throne of grace all the time, 365, 24-7, And that is the blood of our great high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't we grateful for that? This morning, you may, but you may be here this morning. You may not know that. You may be watching live stream or video delay. You may not know that. This is the greatest news there is. We can be certain of a relationship with God, not based upon our actions, but upon the work of our Savior. Upon the blood of Jesus Christ spilled for us, which completely obliterates once and for all our sin before God. And just, I just want you to see some of these scriptures here. I'll just rush through them. Hebrews 9, 28. Because I want us to see that it's, it's one and done. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin... He's not coming back to forgive more sins and get hung up on a cross again. He's coming. Oh, he is coming for us. And what a day of rejoicing that will be. Yeah. So he's Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time. First Peter 318 for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. Let's not run through that might bring us to God. It's as if, if you could just let me kind of humanize this a minute. When Jesus shows up in heaven, he says, dad, I'm home. And I brought a lot of people with me. I I brought the family back with me, father. He died, the righteous Christ for the unrighteous us. That he might Not just forgive us. He might bring us near. And might bring Father near to us. Hebrews 7, 27. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily. First for our sins and then those of the people. Since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. And here's the question I ask myself, because I do this so often. What do I plan on bringing to the party to add to his work? What am I going to bring? Maybe a bucket of my own blood? And when I do something bad, I just take my paintbrush and just kind of swatch myself with it. And, you know, whatever that is, whether, again, it's my efforts to do better, give more in the offering, whatever, you know, you know what you do. I know what I do when I feel like, man, I blew it that time. What can I do? Don't you find yourself doing that sometimes? Just like, oh man, I just feel dirty. I just feel unacceptable. Ah, I mean, what what are we going to do? But is our blood going to work? Our blood type is the wrong blood type. He doesn't accept O positive or AB negative or A or B. He only accepts H type blood. His blood. That's the only type of blood he accepts. His holy blood. Ah, 
What does that penance look like when we sin? Where do we set aside the grace of God, maybe unwittingly? Where do we try to fill in that spot and run up to the Holy of Holies ourselves and present our own efforts to do that? Do we, do we, maybe we read the Bible more. We'll give three minutes more Bible reading tonight. Maybe that's what we'll do. Uh, we'll put a little bit more, as I said, in the offering plate. Um, or we'll just wait maybe until our emotions feel like it's safe to open communication with God again. Like, like somehow he just forgets, you know, and that'll be better. Well, here's the good news. He did forget. He obliterated our sin. I don't mean he forgot, but he means it is not accrued against us. Do we regret what we did when we sinned? Sure, we regret what we did. But don't forget what he did. Do not forget what he did. Once for all time, he erased past, present, and future all of our transgressions against him. He did that all by himself with no help from us then and he needs no help from us now. And the more we recognize that, the more we see the seriousness of sin, but we also see the majesty of God and we see, oh, what mercy. Oh, what total, complete mercy do we see from him. I mean, these things happen. You ever get mad at your great high priest? You ever wonder why he's letting the things happen in your life that let's happen? I, I do. Certainly I do. Um, do I blame him for allowing sin over and over again to seem to get the best of me? Do I just give him the silent treatment? That's what I'll do. I'll give him the silent treatment. I'll engage maybe in more sin, uh, whatever is maybe most indulgent, or the sins of, I just don't give a flip anymore. I just, I'm, I'm just tired of trying to run this race and I just keep getting beat over the head. It just, it, it, I, I believe, but I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. I don't like how I'm treated. Uh, I've st just stopped trusting because I just can't seem to overcome certain sins. Okay, let me stop there for a minute because that's a good one. How many times have you sat there and you looked yourself in the mirror, furious, defeated? There's no way I'm going to be able to, able to overcome this. There is a great high priest who lives to ever make intercession for us. Now, he's not interceding for us like some Santa's list that we throw up there. The intercession is the constant presentation of his blood before his father that says, Father, it doesn't matter how many times Frank has blown it. My blood, once for all time, has obliterated all of Frank's transgressions, past, present, future from you. And Father, now you see him as you see me. Because Father, you accepted him when I led him to accept you and I placed myself into him and I placed him into myself and father now I am one with him father for you not to accept Frank means you have to reject me did you hear that for you to reject Frank Loria whom you chose 
is to say no to my intercession on his behalf. Could you take that real personally this morning, church? Could you see how near the Father has drawn himself to us and how near we have been drawn to the Father? I'm going to jump here to a scripture in Colossians 3. Uh, Colossians 3 here that I just want to see. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, where that's where he's making intercession for us. Set your minds on things that are above. Think like God does about us. Not on things that are on earth. For you have died. And your life is hid with Christ in God. We have died to our life apart from Christ. We have died from our life in Adam. We are new in Christ. And so why would we, as not just now, now sinners saved by grace, but priests ourselves, God has called us priests. He's called us into himself, given us his life and joined us into his royal priesthood. Why would we just sit and not serve? Why would we stew over issues here or in the world? And not join the Savior in his joyful dance over us. You know that's what scripture says. He dances over us. He rejoices over us with shouts of great joy. Church, his dance card is open. His desire is for you and me to join him in this great, great dance of delivering joy. This great dance of freedom, redemption. Liberty, power, all that he is. He wants us to join him in his... Can you just picture for a moment you dancing with Jesus right now? What a picture. What a desire. He's really into slow dancing. Because he wants us to be as near as we can possibly imagine. But he dances over every one of us whom he has chosen, whom he has elected, whom he has called whom he has forgiven with great, great, immeasurable joy. He paid too much for us, for us to live like he didn't. For us to just sit on the sidelines. I mean, can you imagine how New York Jets fan, fans felt three plays into the first game of the season? Aaron Rodgers, down. How much do we pay for him? Can you imagine your expensive car just laid up in the shop, just never get to drive it? Spent a lot for that car. The Father spent a lot for us, joyfully. And he wants us to experience the fullness of that joy by living the fullness in the fullness of the life of Christ. He opened the way completely for us. Again, I want us to try, to try to stick in the Jewish mind for a moment here as we read out of Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. As Jesus is crucified, as Jesus dies, and behold, 
the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. What kind of picture must that have been? Could you imagine the priests in the holy place? They're working in the holy place, not the holy of holies. Remember, there's three compartments. There's the outer court. There's the outer court. There's the holy place where there was the showbread, the altar of incense, and the menorah, the candle. And then there was the big, thick, six-inch, four to six-inch veil that covered the, and, and separated the holy place from the holy of holies where the high priest went once a year. Well, that four to six inch veil began to split from top to bottom. Now, imagine yourself being a priest in that, the holy place at that moment. Now, if you wore pants and you'd bent over, maybe you'd heard a split that took, that took place. But possibly you're wondering, what is that noise? And suddenly, now imagine the horror of the priest, not the high priest, the priest, any of the priests. And suddenly that place is not to be entered into at Passover, but is to be entered into only once a year at the day of atonement. It splits wide open. And why is that? Just like new wine in old wineskins don't mix. Neither does the new wine of Jesus blood mix when poured into the Holy of Holies upon the altar of an old covenant quite a grand opening no longer would one person appear once a year before the holiness of god and that with much fear and trembling ah hebrews 10 therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of jesus did you hear what i said since we have confidence to enter the holy place. There was a high priest, only one, of all the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in the world, there was only one person that could enter that one place once a year, and he better have his sins forgiven. Now, Jesus pours his blood upon the mercy seat, and what happens? That new wine rips open that which was concealed from all people, all of Israel, all the people of God. And now, freedom of entrance. We have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Now think about that as a Jew. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're getting carried away here, pal. I'm supposed to go before the... The, the, you're talking about the Holy of Holies, like the mercy seat, like the Ark of the Covenant thing. And I can do that confident, confidently. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. But you, now you get to do it by the blood of Jesus. It's not the high priest that has it anymore. It's not bull's sacrifice. It's a new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near... I wish I believed the words that I was reading. We believe the scripture? Well, let's believe this. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With our hearts, my heart, 
your heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Who did that? Our great high priest did that. Once for all time, he did that. It'll never happen to be done. Never ever have to be done again because once and for all, we are holy and blameless in his sight because of the work of our great high priest, Hebrews 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow. What a work this is. What a liberating, forgiving, once and for all nearness work of God he did. Once and for all. Hebrews 7.25 says this. I read this to us earlier. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Because I want to make one big deal about one word. Consequently, he is able to save. Do you see those next three words there? To the uttermost. <laughs> those who draw near to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Uttermost. To the all complete. Completely. Entirely. Absolutely. Forever. This news is great news. And what is the result of this for us? That in Christ we become a kingdom and priest to serve the living God. We ourselves become a kingdom and priests. I've got a couple of scriptures that are not in your notes, but you've got two pages of blank lines on the other side of that last note page. Three scriptures, Revelation 5, Revelation 1, 6, 1 Peter 2, 9. You'll have them up on the screen here. John writes, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign with you on the earth. Wow. You have made them a kingdom and priests of God. Revelation 1.6. And he has made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He has made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. He has made you and me a kingdom and priests to his God and Father. And then a scripture we're all too familiar with, but know woefully too little about. 1 Peter 2.9. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession to, to show the, the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has called us as a royal priesthood. Now that's interesting. So Jesus is a king after the order of Melchizedek. He is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, but he's a king also. Melchizedek was both king and priest. There was only one other person that held the role of king and priest. And that was before Melchizedek, Adam. Adam was the priest of God 
And he was basically a king. He was authority to rule over the earth. And he interacted with God. He was king and priest. And what happened? He forfeited that role. This Melchizedek comes along, which I'm not going to go into any details. And then Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Christ, king and priest. He is a royal priest. And then God gives us his life. And what does he call us, church? A royal priesthood. He declares all who are in Christ kings and priests to serve the living God. To be the representation of God on the earth to declare how great he is so that the world will know how great he is, how merciful he is, how redeeming he is. My goodness. I wrote here, who are the royal priests of God? Those are we who are in Christ. Where do we radiate this life? At school, work, home, retirement, church games. We are the ambassadors, the ministers, the priests of God who declare the praises of him. So if you are a priest, a royal priest, if I am that, why would I live as if I were not? I think the back part of Hebrews chapter 5 is going to give us a good sighting of that. But what would it tell us that we shouldn't be doing? Well, it would tell us high priests don't gossip. As if the Lord didn't need to be crushed for that one. High priests don't hold a grudge. Royal priests stop letting the sun go down on their anger. We are the priests, the royal priests of the living God. He died for all of that. And as priests, we live to and for and before the Lord in every conversation we have, in every place that we are, with ourselves or with a multitude of people. It's our everyday joy to stand in the presence of God in Christ, blameless and with great joy, dancing with Jesus, fully accepted by Jesus, because he entered the holy place with his blood, poured out for us to bring us forever before the Father so that we go and express to one another in our family and just as importantly to a lost world. Therefore, beloved brothers, present yourselves to God wherever you are. 365, 24-7 as a priest of God. Present yourself as a holy. He's made us holy in his sight because of our great high priest. Living, we have the life of Christ because of Christ. Holy, living, acceptable to God for this living moment by moment, day by day, presenting ourselves to the Father as we present ourselves to one another. Living to and for and before the Lord because our great high priest has once for all removed the dividing wall, torn the veil, and given us full and total 
acceptance before the holy, perfect Father who now calls all who are in him my boys, my girls. And forever you are my boys and my girls. In the power I've given you, in the life of Christ I've given you, in the holiness I've given you, live like it. Be who you are. Together. Be who you are when you're not together, but still together. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. The name of your great high priest, giving glory to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for doing for us what you didn't have to do. But your love and who you are compelled you to do. You came to get us. You came to rescue us from eternal hell. We weren't looking for you. And actually, Lord, it seemed like when I first heard about you, I wanted nothing to do with you. But you, God, being rich beyond what we can understand as rich in mercy saved us by your grace Lord thank you for Jesus thank you Jesus for taking my place in my place condemned you stood sealed my pardon with your blood hallelujah what a savior before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfect plea the great high priest whose name is love whoever lives and pleads for me my name is written on his hand my name is graven on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands no tongue can bid me thence depart. Father, thank you. Thank you for this love so amazing, so divine. It demands our life, our joy, our all. Thank you, Father. Forever we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you are here this morning and you do not yet know this Jesus, if you're watching this morning and you do not yet know this Jesus, would you please give us the great privilege of praying with you? Once and for all, your sins obliterated, forgiven. Would you allow Jesus, will we standing up here? You need prayer this morning, please come. Thank you guys for watching the live stream and video delay. and We hope to see you again real soon. Let's, church, let's stand up and let's sing before we go. I pre-
come forward we will have